Hi there. Welcome to our podcast, Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. My name is Michelle. And my name is Lauren, and we are your hosts. Hey, host. Hey, <laughs> This is our version of a radio talk show, and every week you can join us for a sisterly chat where we talk about literally everything. We're going to tackle current events, what's going on in the world around us. We'll share some personal insight and stories, and of course, share random bits of things we think you should know along with whatever else sisters talk about. There's a lot. So if you're into easy listening, lots of laughing and some inspiration sprinkled throughout, we are going to be fast, weird internet friends. Welcome. Greetings and salutations. This is Lauren. And I'm Michelle. And this is Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. How do you do? Welcome, welcome. All right. So we have a very important conversation and show that we created for today. Michelle and I thought that it would be really helpful if we covered ways to help one another and you guys, our listeners, in the event you were to find yourself witness to an individual being harassed or experiencing racism. Yeah, this is an important topic. I'm glad we're talking about this I right am now. so happy we're talking about this as well. I learned a lot throughout the research. Mm-hmm. I know you picked up a lot of mm-hmm. good information too. So we're excited to share. We will be sharing things to do and not do, which some to me came unexpected. Mm-hmm. And also how to approach a situation both mindfully and safely. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah, that's kind of where I feel like sometimes people, there's a lot of research out there on why people don't do things, Mm -hmm. but one of it is fear of what if, what if I speak up and what if that person, the aggressor becomes violent. And I think that that fear is, you know, warranted. We're living in a very mm -hmm. reactive society right now. We are, but again, we're going to cover all this. this, There's a lot of good tools out there coming up. Along with this, we are going to share an online course that both Michelle and I are attending unrelated to this topic, but something we think everyone might find useful. Absolutely. At least we know that 2.2 million other students find it useful. (laughs) So we've got a lot of great stuff for you today. Before we dive into the meaty part of this conversation, we were going to ask you to please follow us on our Instagram handles at the sister proj and at cozy conversation excuse me, and at Cozy Convos with TSP. We share so much of what we talk about here on the podcast. It's just, it would be even more interactive if you joined us there. Yeah, it gives you like a little bird's eye view on offshoots of conversations we're having over here at Cozy Convo. Absolutely. And the other part I love about it is that it helps us engage and stay in touch with our weird internet friends. Sort of getting to know more strangers that I want to hang out with. No stranger danger there. No, 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 no. <laughs> so before we get even more into the meaty part of the conversation, Michelle, you want to read our, our listener review? I mean, you'll I do the honors. Yes, I want nothing more than to read. This listener review by Chomperdoo. I love that. Titled Good Vibes. Mm-hmm. Such a fun listen in on a sister chat. Pure entertainment that's authentic and inspires me to venture outside of my everyday routine. From food to career to your mental headspace, these sisters give you all the feels. I love that. Thank you, Chomperdoo. Yeah, Chomperdoo. That was so nice and thoughtful. And it's true. We deliver in all of those areas. As we mentioned, Michelle and I... We are enrolled in a class, and what this class is, it is the psychology and the good life, and it's the science of well-being. Clearly the reason why people are flocking to this class, the title. Yeah, so here's what here's a little history behind the, the course. 
This is put on out of Yale, and the the creator, her name is Lori Santos. She's a scientist, and she studies right now happiness. Mm-hmm. You guys, we've Michelle and I always talk about adult yeah, e-learning, continuing ed. Michelle's in podcast at podcast U classes all over town. <laughs> Free I've class. got a double major. <laughs> Literally, I've got like a triple major. Oh it's like free God. class, sign me up. This particular course is out of Yale. It is one of the most popular courses that was have ever been taught at the university. It's the psychology and the good life, the science of well-being. Last year when we first went on lockdown, I remember seeing this in my New York Times about, you know, like, hey, if you are freaking the fuck out right now because the world's going to go on lockdown, try this course. This might help you. And so I kind of let it go by the wayside because I, I was attending like plant, plant, um, yeah, <laughs> plant classes, yes. doing so many different things. And then just this past last week, it was in there again to say it's been a year. And you guys, 2.2 million people enrolled in this program. That's awesome. It's so awesome. Um, I've been, you know, been dying to enroll in it myself. So I figured, why not? I hopped on a board and I just completed my very first week of the course. Oh, wow. It's a 10-week course. Okay. Um, and it was created by Lori Santos in an effort to study what makes humans happy and if applied to, to their daily lives, how it can amplify their happiness. She's coming out to say that Mercedes, that, you know, yeah. even that trip or these other things that you think, these tangible things that you think will provide happiness, no, it sir. doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more that goes to it and has a lot more to do with how you go about your daily life, random acts of kindness, yeah. the way you talk to yourself, meditation. There's a lot that goes into this. It's a practice. And it takes... it doesn't come easily to some and she even admitted she said listen I am sitting here as your professor I am not the happiest person in the world in fact I'm struggling a little bit and that's why I wanted to create this course so I can figure out how I can help myself and then help others at the beginning of your course you take a happiness assessment test and my score was kind of low. I was surprised. What kinds of questions are they asking you in this assessment? I think it's like 23 questions and they're asking things like, you know, when you wake up, what is your mindset for the day? And then they, they give you five options okay. ranging from like, I have zero enthusiasm to couldn't be happier okay. and then everything in between. And on a scale of one to five, I'm at a 2.9. Whoa. And I answered totally honestly. How did you answer that question when you wake up in the morning? How that was, feel? I think I made that one up. Oh, wow. Okay. But how I, w- I don't know. I, okay. there's, I don't know. Awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was on there. Um, but I'm at a 2.9 out of five. And I thought that was, I was a little bummed when I saw that. But then I thought to myself, well, I've got a lot of work Room to do. for growth yes. and improvement. And there's a reason why I'm at a 2.9. And I'm going to find out what that, what that reason is. Um, so I started it. And from here on out, there is some reading. There's a lot of video lecture. Michelle, Michelle, you are a new student. I'm a new student. What I what's what I really am enjoying just right out of the gate. I have not taken my happiness test yet, so I don't know. But I just have gone through the initial like introduction. This class is being you know it. She's teaching from her her home, her home with a handful of students there, and it's actually not. I'm the the topic is super interesting, but also it's this is sort of feels huga. This 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 it, class experience is different than other zoom 
experiences I've I completely had. agree and she even said it she's like we're in a really cozy setting here yeah, they are <laughs> they are so it's about a 10 week long process and they say it's about 19 hours of work like within those 10 those 10 weeks mm-hmm. but then it's again the stuff you do on the outside and there's a workbook that I printed mm-hmm. out and at the end of each week you do more assessment work and what they call rewiring work So rewiring the way you view and think and do things. Yeah. This is a nice additive to what we're talking about today. It is. It's a perfect segue. So, you know, as we all know, happiness is one of the things, is the thing that all humans want. You know, if you hear any philosophers talk and dive into the world of well-being, that's one of the first things you'll read is we all want happiness. Mm but it's fleeting. It's not 24-7. Exactly. It has an ebbs and flows. It's impossible to maintain. Yeah. Completely. Exactly. And it's really impossible to maintain when you're a human, for example, maybe you're sitting at a bus stop and someone looks at you and based on maybe your skin color, ethnicity, sexuality, whatever they perceive that they don't like about you, harass you and steal you of your happiness. Unfortunately, there are so many people like this that exist in the world, the bads, but there are so many good people. people. And mm-hmm. as in, and as uh, Mr. Rogers said, his mom would always say is to look, you know, in times of, you know, despair or terror, look for the helpers. Mm-hmm. So we're going to offer ways that you, I, Michelle, we can all be helpers if you are to see something. Um, as we know, this past week, we've had seriously mind-blowing, heart-wrenching, heart-wrenching horrifying stories coming out. Um, a lot of heightened aggression and violence towards Asian Americans here in this country. Michelle, a friend of mine I went to grade school with. Yes. He shared a story that him and his wife, they're out in this in the California, San, Fran- San Francisco area. Him and his wife were pulling up to a park to bring the family they've got two kids as well like a baby and like a toddler to the park and a man on a bike slowed down behind his wife they're both asian and he the wife and um husband and a man on a bike rolled by them and just coughed all over them i can't even comprehend or understand how that is something that people do well there's so much psychology that goes behind hate it's fear it's not being comfortable with something that's not normal not 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 normal that's not right um that's not your normal i guess you would say i read a statistic that these hate crimes are being reported in all 50 of our united states that does not surprise me at all i can't think of one state where there isn't someone that doesn't hate someone based Mm -hmm. on something stupid Mm -hmm. you know michelle last a couple weeks ago anthony and i went for a walk this was really a weird and this is really when when this happened, I was like, what would I, what do I do right now? And I kind of froze. And that's the thing that happens when you experience these things, you freeze. I was walking one direction with Anthony and there was a couple, black man and woman that were walking opposite of us and we were going to cross paths. And then there was a big window to the bar parlor that's okay. in the West Loop and it was, the window was wide open and we casually walked past one another and on the ground if you were to look down unfortunately there's like a shitload of mass just garbage yeah. but i mean it's not terrible but it's there and there's a really i saw it as i was walking actually and i was like yuck it was there was a really disgusting dirty um hospital mass mm-hmm. and as we walked past whatever and all of a sudden i hear the man inside parlor yell at the man and woman that woman that passed us and said hey you you dropped your mask and 
I paused. The guy turned around. He's like, oh, that's not ours. And I looked at the guy and I was like, you are a fucking asshole. Did you say that to him? No, because I didn't want Anthony and him to start fighting between a window. But I knew in my mind and in my heart, he wasn't, he wasn't being kind. Well, yeah. When you start a sentence with, hey, you. Hey, you and pointing at a dirty Dirty, mask. Dirty, shitty mask. Yeah, no. I was like, there's something weird. There was weird motivation behind why Mm. I did that. And even when I looked at him and the guy goes, that's not ours. Oh, and Anthony goes... Uh, yeah, man, yeah. I don't think they want that mask. The guy just had this freaking smug look on his face. Gross. And I'm like, and you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do anything right or wrong necessarily because they everyone just kept walking and whatnot. But I know that perhaps if it did escalate, now we have a couple tools that we're going to share with everyone yeah, that yeah. maybe can help us here and when um, this arises. So Michelle, my first instinct, I'm curious what yours is too. Like what's your first instinct if you were going to see something? Well, I, I have not, to my memory, seen or witnessed a racial attack on somebody, but I was in a situation on a train heading home from the city and a woman and a mother and her couple of kids got on the, in the car and then a gentleman came on the car and he sat next to her and I noticed you could feel that there is the energy. He was staring at her. He was harassing her. He wanted to make her feel uncomfortable. Well, let's talk about this. Is, was the woman a black woman and kids? No, but it was a moment where I she was not a black oh, woman. Oh, it was just a man that made a woman her feel... ex Her husband, they were going through some sort of Wait, I'm divorce. sorry. So she knew who this person was? I, I believe that they were coming from court. And she took the train and he followed her. Oh my and gosh. And it was, it was very, very scary. And her kids were behind us and one of them was crying. Oh. And I was sitting in between her children and the man yeah. and the wife. And I, um, I said, you know, and I don't know if this is totally well, appropriate. We'll I out. didn't lose my mind, but I said, hey, we're all witnessing you harass this person mm, right now. I don't see anything wrong with this. Like, there's other people on the train, and you need to move along. I, Can somebody go get a conductor? That it sounds like what you did was a really good game plan. Okay. Yes. But that was my closest experience to being in a situation where I could have sat like every other person on that crowded rush hour train mm-hmm. in silence while a woman was being bullied and harassed by this gentleman. Yeah. I'm not sure of this story. And people were really uncomfortable. And I um, stuck my neck out and said something. Good. He was not focused or concerned with me at all. No. He was very, very focused on making life very challenging for this oh, woman. Oh, that is so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And these tips that we're going to share today yeah. can be used for a plethora of unfortunate situations. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, just being a citizen of the world, we've got to arm ourselves with some sort of preparation. Absolutely. You know, some yeah, sort this of. This is our duty. We got to talk about this. Let's learn. So it's funny because my first instinct always is to call the police. You do Not, love a good police call. Well, listen, I once lived in an apartment and I a very unfortunate situation. There was a, a very heavy domestic situation and yeah. I had to call the police. And it was a white, it was a mom and a son. It was just so unhealthy. That's, yeah. Things like that. But Michelle, I got to tell you something. I once saw a man and a woman <laughs> make an oral love in my, oh, front, oral love. In my <laughs> front yard in their car. And listen, I easily could have called the police, but in my mind, I'm like, hey, we all have... Turn a blind eye. No, no, no. I said, hey, guys, can you please get the hell out of my front yard? (laughs) 
Can you please move along? It's so there spring. is a right time Baby and <laughs> yes, there's a right time and there's a wrong time. Yeah. But we're going to find out in this discussion that calling the police doesn't always do what we might need it to do. Yeah. The most important thing, the first piece of information in a lot of my research I saw was to remain calm. Mm-hmm. Take some deep breaths. Yeah. I am very reactionary. When I see something, my heart begins to um, beat faster. I get physical. I, I could feel the physical change in my Same. situation. Tightness in the stomach. Yeah, I get it in the throat. So it's really important you remain calm and take several deep breaths. And also to look at your surroundings. Mm. Where are you? Are you on a plane? Are you on a train? Are you out in public? Are there other people Did around you? Did you somebody else there? Yes. They just want you to, they say, like, and consider landmarks. Because in the event you do have to provide a witness account, you can really provide them with a lot of information. Yeah. yeah. And you can also, like, know where you might have to run or whatever you might have to do and whatnot. Well, this, this initial bit of instruction really is implementing, like, taking a breath. Mindfulness. And mindfulness. Yes. The next piece of advice they talk about is to prepare and to think. Now, I love this piece of advice. How would you want someone or people to help you or a loved one who may be being harassed or, um, you know, verbally assaulted in public? And it's just, it's just, it's a hypothetical question. Like when you are in a, and if you find yourself in a situation that someone is being harassed, think to yourself, if you were that person, what would you want someone else to do for you? Yeah, man, a freaking hand, someone to just show that they're there for you. Exactly. So those are the two pieces that you start with. Get calm. And prepare and ask yourself this question. It's a good plan. And of course, look around. Mm -hmm. What not to do right off the bat. Do not verbally attack the person, the aggressor. Because it can turn from just a shitty situation that we have to get under control to a scary, Mm -hmm. maybe violent situation. Um, They say that it would it's much more helpful if if you are going to confront the person don't call them names like you're an asshole or you're being racist yeah. because we know that those are the under that those are the that 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 is the case but it, it's not going to help they say try confronting them by saying hey and in a very normal tone yeah hey why would you say something like that mm-hmm. or what you just did or said that wasn't right mm-hmm. and really just kind of speak to them on a human mm-hmm. level and then you kind of go from there They also recommend that you take cues from the individual being harassed. Notice what they're, how they're faring at the moment. Mm -hmm. I read a lot about this and, you know, some folks, in my readings, I found that they, they want to tend to this themselves and they're going to combat it back. That might be one person. Another person might be like dying on the inside and crying. One person might be hoping you call the police. One person might be hoping you really don't call the police. So, so you're saying to 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 gauge these cues is a way to to kind of guide how you're perhaps going yes. to handle this situation. Exactly. Okay. And with doing this kind of as taking cues from the individual, they recommend making eye contact with them. When that the story I shared about the woman on the train, she and I exchanged contact and from doing that did you did you perceive that she was like she was okay she was okay for me speaking up exactly so that's kind of what we're getting at right Mm -hmm. now one of my favorite 
tips and ways to de-escalate the situation is to distract. I love this one. Would never think to do something. I hundred percent would. I totally would. I don't know why because I think I don't know. But ideas: spill your coffee, fake trip, Mm -hmm. or kind of. Oh, someone even said start shouting. Someone said started not start shouting, but swear loudly and not at the person or the people, but almost like if you were on a phone being like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? And cause a small commotion to distract. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another one was to ask someone for directions, even if you wanted to kind of play dumb. Mm. If a person is kindly is sitting there silently being berated by somebody, maybe walk up and be like, oh, sorry to interrupt. Hey, ma'am, by any chance, do you know what else stop I get off for Nordstrom's? That's a crafty tip. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's a good one. You just got to weave your way mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about alerting authorities. Now, when we think of authorities, sometimes right to my head, I think the police, but that might not always be the case. An authority figure can be a bus driver, yeah. the conductor, mm-hmm. a manager. In the event you feel compelled to call police, what you want to do is they, I mean, unless it's like, oh my God, shit is going down, call Call 911. But they're saying like, if there is a situation, it's not a bad idea to ask the individual, do you want me to call the police? Okay. Because they stressed that maybe this individual has had issues with the police and you know and at another time it could be traumatic you yeah. never know there's a so lot. there's a lot of moving parts here. yeah you just want to try to work with this person i mean they're experiencing some really heavy situation right now and you just want to tend to them the best you can yep. another tip is to record the situation at hand and take photos so this is one spot where you want to document yes because again if there's need for a witness report, that can help for proof if the assailant gets away or if they're going to take this to court. It can help for a number of reasons. What they stress, though, and this is a very good piece of advice, is do not post that incident on social media without the victim's approval. Great advice. Yes. Again, for many reasons, this person may have already experienced, has already experienced a boatload of trauma and <laughs> Taking it to a social media platform on repeat can really cause some damage. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can do it. Just ask for permission if you feel compelled to share. Because as we know, we've seen so much of it. A direct response to the attacker, they say. Well, I can imagine is the riskiest of moves. Okay, because you never know. Yeah, now you're putting yourself and maybe other people at risk. It's actually not necessarily recommended to one-on-one confront someone um, and like talk directly to the aggressor. But they say in the event that you have to, be assertive and do not exhibit anger or call them any names, as we mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. um, because it can turn ugly so Mm -hmm. quickly. There is so much power behind your words and how you say things. Totally, totally. It's like, it's the same thing as like killing them with kindness. Mm -hmm. Listen, there is something severely wrong with a person who is going about their day and harassing people. There's something so wrong. So whatever their baggage is, you don't want to get mixed in with it. We just want to de-escalate. And they said a couple strong things you can say in an assertive tone is, hey, that is not okay, Mm -hmm. just straight up. Or again, why would you say something like that? Because they say that a question might kind of throw them off and maybe get them thinking, if that's a possibility. (laughs) 
<laughs> or maybe they will have a response. And who, you know what? And maybe Honestly, you will engage in a conversation. Maybe who you the hell knows? will. And maybe, yeah. God, if it were a miracle, That's, people can move, you know, can have a conversation. Yeah, yeah and learn from one another. Another one I loved here was to engage the people that are surrounding you, that maybe are in the same space with yeah, you. Yeah, I like this. This is a good one. Because what we're doing here, so they say to engage the, your peers that are with you, um, whether they're strangers or not, and call them out and say something directly like, hey, you in the red sweater, will you help me? Yeah. Because there's power in numbers. Mm -hmm. And if enough people, maybe someone grabs the conductor while someone tends to the victim, now we've got a team of people de-escalating a situation. Yeah. The main priority here, and I should have mentioned this at the very beginning, is the number one goal, and we probably already know this already, is to make sure that the person being attacked gets somewhere safely okay. away from the other person. And that leads me to my last tip here. Well, my second to the last. The focus is on the targeted person. You can literally ignore the offender and speak directly to the person that needs help. I love this. There's a wonderful drawing. Uh, a few years back when there was a lot of um, just a different group of people being harassed, it was about Islamic hate and Muslim mm -hmm. hate. Um, an artist, an illustrator drew um, a, cart a crafty cartoon slash guide on how to help someone. And they had a woman sitting on a bus and a man, you know, a cartoon character yelling at her. And then the person, the, the bystander coming in to help. And this person litter in the cartoon ignores the person that's hollering. He just keeps hooting and hollering. And the other person sits down and starts talking to the woman who needs a hand. And they say that you can even change subjects completely and say like, wow, isn't the spring weather in Chicago so nice right now? And just start getting this person in a dialogue, even if the aggressor is still going at it. And then within the conversation, are you okay? Do you want us to call the police? And then from there, help that person move from where they are and get them safely somewhere else. There have been moments in my mind where I thought, how would I handle a certain situation? And it was because I didn't know. Right. And I never thought to Google how. So they say this is not uncommon, A, to not know. They don't teach us these things, and they should um, growing up. The reason why people don't sometimes know what to do is they don't know a b they're frozen they're frozen Scared, with fear shitless. yes with fear or that guy over there looks like he'll take care of it and so it really does take some empowering oh. and some self-talk and some mega bravery and some guides on what and what not to do to be a part of the change and instead of just sit back and wait or not know because you're scared, Michelle, I can totally relate. But here's the thing, Michelle, these tips can be applied in so many different yes. ways. Let's use our mom, for example. When you're experienced, if you're out in public and you see someone who might not be um, all cognitively there and someone is talking to them like an asshole, I've when I was with mom, I've had to do the, hey, excuse me, and I've walked at least two to three people aside and be like she has dementia yeah. and i am sorry that she you know has offended your your space in line yep. but please have some patience yep. i think that there's so many ways that we can talk to people to help us all just see things from another perspective and it just comes down to knowing how and then practicing that the one thing you do not want to do 
is to do nothing. That is literally the, the worst thing you can do. Yeah. There was another piece of advice saying that if you are too scared to speak up then and there, say everything, you know, sizzles out and mm-hmm. everyone moves on with their, or with their life. Fizz, or fizzles. Thank you. It's not fun. sizzles. Yeah. Fizzles out. Is to then approach the victim afterwards and assess them and see how they are and ask them, what can I do to just help as, you? I'm something. so sorry this freaking happened to you. I don't know what it is and I will find the resource. A lot of my information, by the way, came from a publication out of Ireland and they kept referencing where you can report um, attacks of racism and harassment towards um, fellow Irishmen and women. And so I'm sure there's something like that here in the States, a place where you can just report these incidents. Mm. And what they do, it helps them obviously with reports and crime, but also to keep track of them mm. to see what are our people doing to one another. So again, with this idea of not doing nothing, If you find yourself in a moment and you're not sure what to do, I think that we go back to the very beginning of what we discussed at the way top of the list on what would you want someone to do for you if you were that person? Would you want them to do nothing? I mean, probably not. You would want them to do something. 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 Anything. And there's so many good ways to move around a really shitty situation. All right. Well, those are all of my tips. Lauren. What do you think? Valuable, valuable, helpful, um, actionable. Like actionable, actionable. Mm-hmm. These are usable right now. That wraps up all of our tips on how to combat hate and help diffuse a scary situation yeah. if you find someone being harassed or a victim of racism. Yep. Stand up. Try to say something. Be brave. Be brave. That's a great way to put it, Michelle. You know, to close out. We had a very, very dear friend of our family. His name was Butch. He wasn't just dear, he was wise. He was wise AF. His name was Butch. His real name was Julius. And one of the things that he was known for was a quote. And the quote of his was, don't do what's convenient, do what is right. I mean, that right there. We're putting that on a t-shirt. I think they did. It's, I think his family did put it on a t-shirt. It be on you know, Michelle, another famous quote from his, and I'm going to butcher it. I'm not sure exactly, but it was... Yeah, <laughs> actually, we're going to put this one on the t-shirt. <laughs> this one's better. It's like, <laughs> I, it was something along the lines of, like, everyone is a friend of mine, except assholes. They're no friend of mine. And that's true, too. I mean, I how wise. I feel that. I kind of feel well, that. Oh, right. I completely agree. You know? Do what's, don't do what's convenient. Do what's right. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode on this really important and imperative uh, topic that we had to cover. We do hope that these tools are helpful. If you ever find yourself needing to stand up for another human or even yourself, golly, don't forget to tune in next week because we have a really special week coming up for cozy conversations with the sister project as a whole. Um, As many of you may know, our mom passed away from complications of dementia two years back. And since her, her passing, Michelle and I always promised and vowed to ourselves and our community mm. that we would continue to raise awareness and share everything we learn along the way. Yeah. Well, next week, we're going to learn a whole bunch. Oh, my god! Well, gosh. we're going to learn, and we're going to help you learn some things, too. It's going to be a brain blaster. It is going to be. It's going to be a brain blaster. All next week, the Sister Project is dedicated and focused on brain health and ways that you could treat your brain just as good as you treat that pretty skin on your face it is just as important as everything else isn't it funny like growing up they were like work out make muscles be skinny about your brain (laughs) 
No, no, we care about our brain. We do care. We care so much about our brain. We care so much so that we are teaming up with the wonderful folks at NeuroReserve to discuss their brain nutrient their brain nutrient supplements. And in fact, their the founder Ed Park will be joining us live on our podcast to talk about why he started NeuroReserve and his passion for brain health. This is a guy people want to listen to talk about how to take care of their 100%. Brains. Yeah. So tune into the podcast, tune into our social media, to our blog all week next week. We're super expi- we're super excited and as always, thank you guys so much for your love and support. Be and, kind and stay cozy. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for today's cozy conversation. For more of The Sister Project, check us out on Instagram at The Sister Project and our website, www.thesisterprojectblog.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and maybe even drop us a review. Until next time, stay cozy. Stay cozy.